0: Traveling the world, searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, equestrians. This is Scott Miller with the International Equine Network. And bringing to you today, Thursday at 1 o'clock, like we do every Thursday, the International Equine Report. And we're going to talk a little bit about some show horses today. We're going to talk a little bit about a riding academy today. And then we're going to talk a lot about the Kentucky Derby. It's four weeks away from this coming Saturday. And uh, it's really down to who's going to be there. We've got um, three races on Saturday. We've got the Santa Anita Derby, the Wood Memorial uh, that we have coming up uh, on uh, Saturday. And we're going to be so excited to see how they come out, because it's going to make a big difference in the and in the, the derby races, uh, you know when they're coming out. Uh, uh, so it, it'll be interesting uh, to see you know how that happens. And uh, you know, the, the last week's been pretty good for Derby horses. Uh, uh, these three races that we got come, actually we got four. We got the Lexington stakes coming up on the 19th of April from Keeneland. And uh, that, that would tell us a lot. Uh, you know, that would be the last potential derby points that anybody could get uh, to get in. And that, that would make it two weeks away from the Kentucky Derby, which is kind of tough, you know, to, to come back and run, run in the derby after, you know, a two-week layoff because it's uh, kind of quick turnaround for a thoroughbred. But um, then we got the, like I said, we got the Bluegrass Stakes uh, on Saturday. We got the Wood Memorial and the Santa Anita Derby. And that's going to kind of um, pretty much close out the, the derby season for 2022. And then we're just waiting for the big dance on the first Saturday in May. And we'll know who all is who there, uh, you know, in that. So it's that time of year. We're excited about it. Uh, we're trying to get everybody, you know, involved in, in the business, uh, um, you know, on our programming and our shows and everything that we're doing. Uh, so, you know, it's that, that time of year. And then it's just roller coaster after this. Uh, I'm telling you, it's going to be something, one one thing right after the other, uh, all summer long, and that includes all of our, um, all, all the equine industry. This is the big time of year for everybody, and uh, I'm ready to get started with it. And before you know it, the, uh, the fall will be back here, and uh, everybody will be heading back down to Florida. Uh, just about all of our standard bread horses have left here at uh, Sunshine Meadows and gone back up north. Uh, they did had a real good season here. Good good season training. We had great weather this winter. Uh, it it was fantastic. Uh, very few rain days that we had. Uh, nobody missed any training, uh, which was good. Uh, Todd Pletcher has sent most of his horses have gone back up up north to um, Kentucky and New York. Uh, the the uh, younger horses and the older horses that are just now coming back into training are up there at the Saratoga for Todd. So, uh, you know, it's looking all pretty good. And like I said, uh, everything here in Florida is slowing down. Uh, The winter season is over. The spring and summer season is starting. So we're looking forward to it. Now, one of the things that we talked about last week was that the um, Palm Beach uh, International Equestrian Center uh, was sold. Uh, They sold it to a company uh, from uh, 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 Europe. And they're putting it all together, and it's now called the um, uh, Wellington International uh, Equestrian uh, Club. So it's going to be our Wellington International. I think they just leave it at that. But that's where they go, and and they're looking forward to a good new uh, year coming up. Um, The exciting part about that is, is they've got a lot of new things that they're going to be bringing. And just when you you know you think it couldn't get any be- better than it is at Wellington, um, the m- things that they're putting on uh, at the Wellington International and the remodeling they're doing and everything is be state-of-the-art, and it'll be, uh, they'll be in the top five in the world uh, when, it, when it comes time to, for show facilities. Uh, there will be Wellington uh, International. There will be um, the World Equestrian Center in Ocala, Tryon in North Carolina, uh, you know, and then of course Lexington in Kentucky. Uh, you know, it's going to be just amazing, and you know, to to see what comes out of it. But um, the final Saturday Night Lights is days away. Uh, elevate your experience with VIP seating. If you've ever wanted to go to uh, an equestrian event and do it upright, it's worth investing the money to go up to um, the uh, final Saturday Night Lights at uh, the at the old. Palm Beach uh, Equine International uh, Center. Uh, it's really good there. Uh, so that's it's, uh, Saturday night on April the 9th at 7.30. They have the $35,000 Wellington National Golf Club uh, Spring 1 Grand Prix. Uh, they will have an international field of uh, riders, and it's just going to be a great way to uh, to close down um Palm Beach uh Equestrian Center there and, and get it going I always get it up mixed up that uh uh it's the Palm Beach International Equestrian Center. Uh gates open at six thirty PM competition be- begins at seven thirty and it's free. Its mission is free. Now you can't beat that folks. You know you, you talk and you're at one of the one of the premier equestrian show facilities in the world and you can go up there for free. Uh they're gonna have uh, music that have uh uh all kinds of uh um, food vendors, uh you name it, they'll have it up there. You might be able to get up there in time to get a um PBIC, uh uh you know shirt or get some memorabilia, you know, that you could have from for down the road. But that that's really gonna be great, you know, to see. Uh, parking is uh, $20 uh, per carload, uh, and valet parking is $30 per carload. And so, you know, for 30 bucks, uh, you could get your car parked uh, by a valet, and it doesn't cost you anything to get in. So it's really well worth to get the valet parking, uh, you know, up there. And that starts, uh, again, uh, gates open at 6.30, and the competition begins at 7.30. And it's a night long. They they got a little bit of everything up there. They got things for the kids. They got things for the adults. Um, They got great food. Uh, They got all kinds of uh, VIP packages that are available. If you want to get a table around the arena to set, you know, set at, it's really going to be a a great time up there. So go up to um, the old uh, uh, to the new Wellington International, and you'll see what it's all about. And then, uh, again, we go back to uh, a lot of the different things that are coming along now here uh, at this time of year. And, and I, I, I tell you, you know, every time I get up in the morning and I get on the computer and I start looking at all the different things that uh, that are available, um, you know, to the equestrians and equestrians in the community, uh, you know, it's just everywhere you go, it's just unreal. You know, and, and so the other morning I got up, and I, I got this email, and it, it was from Georgetown Writing Academy. Uh, it's uh, www.georgetownwritingacademy.com. It's in Georgetown, Kentucky. Uh, it's on Cincinnati Road um, there in Georgetown. And I, I said, my goodness, I said, this is really something that, and I've been in and out of Kentucky all my life, and I really never did notice this place. But uh, the Riding Academy is a premier American Saddlebred uh, lesson facility, owned and operated by uh, Bill Roberts and Kristen uh, Goforth. Um, they're located in Georgetown just minutes from Interstate 75 and 20 minutes from downtown Lexington. Uh, the barn sits on a lush 12-acre farm, long rolling hills, and a creek stretching uh, the length of the property. The facilities include a newly constructed barn, complete with office, viewing room, and indoor riding arena. Uh, they were founded. Uh, we found they founded uh, Georgetown Riding Academy with one goal in mind: giving our students the best, most rewarding learning experience uh, that they can get. Um, they have uh, passionate and skilled instructors, and they're here to help the students achieve their goals. Uh, are you ready to reach out? For your potential, go join them. That's what you got to do. You got to go join them. And you know, (laughs) you you say writing academies and writing schools, and and uh, you know, oh, that's for the elite. That's for the very best. Well, let me tell you something about Georgetown Writing Academy. They have classes and they have events for all skills, all ages. So you don't have to be an accomplished equestrian. You could be a brand new equestrian starting out. And you can go up and take lessons at the writing academy. And uh, they're, they're just uh, they're really good people. They, they place you right where uh, you should be. And that, that's when it becomes fun, uh, when you're at, at, a, at a level that you you're feel good and you can see improvement, self-improvement uh, as, as you take your lessons. Um, they've got writing lessons, tournament and academy teams. Uh, they've got horse camps. Uh, you name it, they have it uh, year round. They got that nice indoor arena there, and and it's really good, you know, for uh, a new person starting out in the in the horse business to go up and do something like that. that that's where it's really, uh, you know, good for them, uh, you know, to do that. And, and who knows, you might end up uh, being a world champion someday. But uh, like I was saying, um, you know, some of the things that we're talking about here, you know. Uh, uh today and most of it's gonna be pretty much uh uh geared towards the Kentucky Derby because we're getting down to the last thirty days. And and this is uh the, the important part on how they get there that uh, we've been talking about over the over the uh last uh well actually since last November since the uh uh the Iroquois in Churchill where it all starts at. And uh you know I, I keep saying it's a difficult journey to get there. I've been down that road quite a few times with the people that I work for over the last, um, you know, 45 years. And it's been exciting each and every one. And we call it how they get there because what we do is we go to uh, all the different things uh, that, that you, uh, uh, it takes to get you to the Kentucky Derby. And it's, to, and it's for everybody. You know, it's just not for, um, you know, the elite. You can be uh, one of the smallest horses in the business, uh, outfits in the business, and um, then you just uh, take it and go from there. And this is how they how they start off getting there. Um, it's a huge, huge effort endeavor. It takes a lot of man hours. It takes a lot of uh, uh, forethought. Uh, it can take a lot of money. Or it can take very little money. We've had uh, horses come back and win the Kentucky Derby that have have, uh, made very little money. And we've had horses that made a lot of money that that have gotten there. But they're all on the same path. The path that uh, we've lined up on how they get there, um, you you can't change it. This is the only way to get there. And and that's why we, we were so adamant about what we were doing and how we were doing it you know, here every week talking about all the different things uh, that that come up. And um, it's, um, it the journey, as we say at the beginning of the show, the journey starts here, and that it does. Uh, The journey starts with the owner, uh, you know, of the horse. And we've uh, highlighted Claiborne Farm in Lexington, or in Paris, Kentucky, actually. Uh, And they've been around forever. Um, They do it right. It's old school. Uh, you know people uh, it 's just really good it 's really a great place to go visit uh if you 're ever in paris or the Lexington area I would suggest that you go to you know go down to see uh, Claiborne Farm and see all the champions that they 've had and where they 're going and and uh, you can see um you know a, a lot of things it 's very historical and it's and it 's very very uh interesting to uh, see the business from that end from the Forum end of it. But um, like I said, it starts with the owner. And the owner has to sit down and kind of uh, figure out in his mind uh, where he's, what he wants to do. And you've got to think about, uh, am, am I going to buy a horse, uh, try to buy a horse for the Derby, um, you know, with the, with the Derby in mind? Um, or am I going to breed a horse? Am I going to uh, do a syndication with other people that already have a horse? There's just so many things that goes through the owner's mind. And theoretically, uh, you know, most of the people would really like to um, um, have the horse on their own, you know, that type of thing. But sometimes, you know, you, you get into syndication and it works. Uh, you know, other times, you know, you're by yourself. And, and, and the great thing about a syndication is if something happens along the way in a syndication, you don't take, um, you know, much of a financial fall as you would if you're just the outright owner. So that's where an owner has to make up in his own, his or her own mind, how they want to, uh, you know, go forth uh, for this new season for the Kentucky Derby. And so that new season for the 2020, 2023 Kentucky Derby starts now. It starts now. So, you know, we're trying to finish up and get to the, triple, the Kentucky Derby and the Triple Crown now with the plan that we had last year. So last year's plan is coming to an end, and next year's plan is starting to begin. And how that begins is with the equine sales. Uh, we've got a couple of equine sales that are coming up here uh, soon, uh, two-year-olds in training. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, how they come out uh, with all the things that, that uh, you have to, on your mind. The first thing is selecting a, a sale to go to. You know, and where do you where do you go to that sale? Uh, You know, do you go uh, international and go abroad uh, to Europe maybe, or or do you stay here at home? Do you go East Coast, West Coast, North or South? Uh, They're all all these uh, things that are going on now are are just uh, you know starting to hit, and and that's why we we were talking about uh, this yesterday, Uh, coming up here and show you how quick it gets in April and the spring and everything. We have the OBS um, spring, uh, two-year-old training spring sale. Uh, that comes up on April the 19th through the 22nd at 10.30 a.m. Uh, there. Uh, the horses will be in training. Uh, I think the under-tack sale is on a few days before that, and it's nice to go out and take a look at them and see them, you know, under-tack and how they're doing and just, you know, where they're going, you know, with their... Uh, training, how, how well they're going. Uh, you know, so, uh, that, that's coming up here, uh, on the 29th, uh, of April, uh, that are uh, the 19th and 22nd of, of April. So that, that's what an owner thinks about. If you go to the, uh, to your own trading sales, whether it's, uh, in Kentucky, New York or wherever, you kind of cut out a lot of expenses. And when I say you cut out a lot of expenses, man, you're telling me. Uh, you know you don't have to be raising them for two years um and paying money out of pocket you know to get them to the point to where they're going into training um, when you go to the uh to the in training sales uh you're you're selecting horses that could literally be running you know in, in six months uh you know uh, for the fall uh you literally could have a horse ready to run um in the Iroquois state which is at Churchill in the fall, and that starts off the road to the Kentucky Derby, the Iroquois Stakes, And then uh, 30 days after that, in November, you got the Breeders' Cup. So you have major, major uh, stake races available to you right off the bat. And let's say you buy one in the OBS uh, spring sale uh, at the Ocala Breeder Sale. Uh, you're looking at April 19th, and then you're looking you know, at um, uh, May, June, July, August, September, and October. Uh, coming up for, uh, you know, to uh, be running in a major race for the Kentucky Derby to earn points to get into the Kentucky Derby. So the owner's got so many things to think about, uh, you know, and that's just the just one little part of it uh, that he has to do, uh, deciding about the horse. And then after he decides about uh, what type of horse he's going to have and, you know, where he's getting it, and once he gets that all uh, under control, uh, he, he meets with his trainer. And a lot of times, uh, a lot of owners will have a trainer already hired for his stable, and he'll talk it over with the trainer what to get, where to get it, and how to get it, you know, um, into the barn. And so that, that that's a pretty big, uh, important step there because uh, trainers, um, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out, uh, is this horse going to be uh, a horse that we have to train uh, you know, for the distance or can, is he going to sprint? Where are we going to run him? Uh, the trainer has a lot of things on his mind to do. Then he takes it back to the owner and the owner and the trainer, they agree, this is the horse we're going to get and this is the training program we're going to go for. We're all, and everybody, whenever you got a two-year-old, you're always looking for the Kentucky Derby. That's your main goal. And then if, you know, somewhere along the line, you're going to decide whether he's going to be a horse be competitive and maybe get to the Kentucky Derby. And that's something that the owner and trainer have to do. And, uh, when they decide that, then, you know, the horse's, uh, journey, uh, goes its own, on its own path to get there. And, and I'll never forget, uh, sitting at Gulfstream Park, uh, one day and a reporter talking, I was talking to Woody Stevens and, um, it, Woody said, uh, He said, you know, these reporters, he said, that's the toughest part about this business is having all these reporters asking you questions all the time. And we were sitting outside of Woody's office uh, at at his barn, and a reporter comes walking through. Woody had several horses that he was running on Florida Derby Day. And then one reporter says, Woody, he says, how did you win five Belmonts in a row? And Woody looked up, and he, he says, you know, he said, buddy, he said, if I could write a book on how I won those five Kentucky, uh, those five Belmont Stakes in a row, he said, I'd write a book and everybody would be one of them." He said, there's no certain way to train a horse. Each horse is different. Some horses can take heavy training. Some t- horses need light training. And that was his whole point. His whole point was the fact that you never know how your horse is going to react to training and to the racing and everything. So that's another stop on the journey you know, that the owner has to, you know, really think about, and the trainer, you know, so those two look at that. And then, you know, things start to fall into place. Uh, One of the things that um, that you can do early in your journey to the Kentucky Derby is you line up your equine transportation. Uh, That's very important. Uh, You don't want to have to have any last-minute calls or anything. Uh, You want to know who can get your horses to the different uh, tracks that you're going to, who can get your horses to the airport in case they have to fly? Uh, who will get your horse eventually to Churchill Downs for the Kentucky Derby? You set that all up a year in advance, and uh, you, not not that not that you're ready to give them dates yet, but you just have that connection, and you meet with that um, transportation agent and say, "This is where we're going, and this is how we think we're going to do it." You know, and so you're going to be our transportation people, and this is where we're going to go with it. So once you've established all that and you've got everything all set up with transportation, that's something that's just a phone call away and, and you can take that, uh, at any given time and, you know, you take 10 minutes out of your day and you make that transportation to get your horse to the different tracks and everything. So that, that's something that you eliminate, uh, stress wise from the owner and the trainer is the equine transportation. Then the next thing that's very uh, key, uh, to what you're doing is you meet with your blacksmith. And you meet with the blacksmith and, and a blacksmith, and a friend of mine, Steve Smith, is probably the, the best blacksmith that I've ever seen. Uh, he knows what to do with the horses and how to do it, and he will do, uh, he will consult with the owner and the trainer, and, and uh, they set up a schedule, uh, with the way the horse is training, how often he's going to be shod, where he's going, um, race day shoeing, uh, mud shoeing, turf shoeing. Uh they go all over all over those things and and what kind of shoe to put on the horse. And yeah, you know, it's it's a plan, another plan that's all laid out a year in advance. Uh so you don't have to at the last minute to be uh you know calling up and saying, hey, you know what do we do? Um, you know, when when are you gonna be here? You no know, the the blacksmiths have um an idea of a regular schedule and he'll be right on top of it, Uh, you know, that type of thing. And then they also uh, meet with your blacksmith, and you ask him, say, hey, if you can't make it here, you know, or if i got a shoe that comes off and you're in California and I'm in New York, uh, who do I call? So you set up a backup to your blacksmith that can help him out, you know, that can take care of all your needs that you need to do. So that's another thing that you set up a year in advance. Um, You get on a regular schedule. Of course, it's not a – set schedule it'll change you know accordingly but um you know that's the most important thing that you can do you know and i'm trying to eliminate all the stressful moments uh in, in a horseman's day um you know to uh, help you get to the kentucky derby uh, because it's it, as things start to pile up it can get very stressful uh the other thing that uh, you set up uh you meet with the feed dealer and and i like hallway feed the hallway feed can um Literally uh, make it, make feed for for your horses to uh, to your custom blend. Uh, it's made fresh and it's delivered anywhere in the world. Let me repeat that again: anywhere in the world. The hallway feed people have have got it down. They know where where they can get it to you, how to get it to you, and on a timely manner. And you get in a weekly schedule, you know, or daily, actually daily schedule with them Um, You know that type of thing. And and you do that a year in advance. So when you're in New York, uh, they they tell you who you're going to be getting your feed from in New York or California, Florida, Kentucky, uh, Maryland. Uh, You know, uh, they have uh, people everywhere. So your horse stays on the same diet. It doesn't change anywhere when he goes from state to state or track to track. Um, It stays the same, and that helps your horse run. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what you're uh, looking at, uh, you know, with the feed. Another, th- uh, another one that you set up a year in advance. And, and so that, that to me is very important is to get into a routine, a daily routine and you get a book and, uh, uh, you know, a little diary and it gives all the, uh, things that you do daily, weekly and yearly. Um, you know, that type of thing. Uh, so then you start uh, looking at, uh, after you get all those things there together and the owner and the trainer are happy, then what you do is you start looking at the Kentucky Derby prep races. And, and it's, it's amazing to come out and see the amount of Kentucky Derby prep races that you have to go through just to get to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, you know, uh, you, you, kind of <laughs> you kind of think like, oh, my goodness, you know, how do I do this? Well, uh, the, it's a 36 race series uh, that awards points to the top four finishers in each race uh, in the, the Kentucky Derby point system, and it says the top 19 or 20 point earners will earn a spot in the starting gate for the 148 running of the three million dollar Kentucky Derby presented by Woodford Reserve. It's a Grade One on Saturday, May seventh, 2022. Uh, one one invitation will be extended to the top point earners in europe uh to the kentucky derby uh one uh invitation will be extended to the top point earner in japan uh so um you know it, it just goes to show you this this is an international thing and and they do the same thing in japan and europe trying to get their horses there to get their points you know to qualify so you know you start lo- you start looking at that and <laughs> You know, I I was sitting here thinking the other day that there's a Japanese horse that will be coming in. It's really uh, a nice horse, and so we'll talk about that later. But, um, you know, they're they're starting to make a strong presence uh, uh, in the racing industry. They had a real good season so far in Dubai, and, uh, you know, that's what we're all all looking for. But um, the road to the Kentucky Derby and the point standings is just, you know, it's it, it, you don't know where, which, where to go and, and when to do it and how to do it. And, you know, like we were saying before, uh, you know, this thing starts out back at the Iroquois, uh, stakes, uh, at Churchill Downs, uh, to get these horses on the right road to the Derby. And, you know, you, the, the thing that, uh, I, I was trying to explain to a person the other day is that you have the master plan. Let's say everything's going to go good and you just sit right in there and this is the way it's going to go. We're going to hit these five, six races to get to the Derby. And then next thing you know, we're in the Derby and we're going to win it. That's the master plan. But a lot of things happen. A lot of things happen along the road to the Derby. Uh, you've got a horse that can run bad. He could get injured. He could just not be the type of horse that, uh, you know, is going to run in the Kentucky Derby. There's just so many things, so you have to have a secondary plan. And when you have that secondary plan for um, going on the road to the Kentucky Derby, um, this is the way you you deal with it. You say, okay, if he gets injured, or if he gets sick, and we have to back off training for him, you know, for a while, what would be our uh, contingency plan to race him? And we'll say, for example, let's say um, he gets sick before he goes into uh, the Arkansas Derby, which is five weeks away from the Kentucky Derby. Uh, you sit back and you say, okay, well, we're going to give him a week off, bring him back. We still need to run him one more time before the Derby. So then you start looking at um, things like um, uh, the Santa Anita Derby, uh, the Bluegrass Stakes, the Lexington Stakes. Uh, you know, those type of races that are closer, you know, to the Derby, but yet still enough, you know, to put a a nice finish on your horse for the Derby. So that's that's what you look at, Uh, you know, that type of thing. And it's kind of hard when you get all these things in in mind because um, it's time-consuming. you got to start looking at uh, races for your horses, uh, for your two-year-olds, literally starting in August. A lot of people start with Saratoga and get a good foundation under them at Saratoga, and then try to make it to the Iroquois at Churchill, and then to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile in there. so And those are tough roads to go. And usually the horses that do fare very well, you know, in those early races like that, and especially like the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, uh, they usually don't come back and do very good in the, in the derby because um, they're run pretty hard as a 2-year-old, and it's awful tough. It's awful tough, you know, to get to get them there, you know, when they when uh, when you start that road to the Derby, and so those are the three, you know, primary ones for the, um, uh, you know, for the two year olds, and so then you come back and after that you start planning your year out, and, and from, you know, you're looking at it from uh, the first to uh, the year five months, and a thoroughbred usually only runs, you know, uh, four or five weeks apart. And it makes it kind of tough because you've got to earn the points to get to the Kentucky Derby. And earning those points can become difficult sometimes. Um, I tell you, uh, they've got a lot of uh, prep races, like, say, for the Arkansas Derby. They've got a lot of prep races that um, uh, come in and, and go for, um, um, you know, the Louisiana Derby, uh, Santa Anita Derby. Uh, all the races have prep races that lead up to that big race that has the big points in. And so that's, you know, where we're looking at, you know, to go. And the thing that, um, that you know, I started looking at now, and, and it really determines on who I like uh, for the Kentucky Derby. And we'll talk about Epic Center, for example. Um, this is a nice horse. He's trained by Steve Ashmussen, um, all-time leading winning trainer in the world in thoroughbreds, he's a great great guy. Um got a good uh owner and, and breeder in it, Westwood Farms and Winchell uh thoroughbreds. Um they're they're really professional they know what they're doing and when they get somebody a horse, that owner, you know, gets with the right horse like Steve Asmussen, gets the right horse to him and they're really pretty much successful. And so uh point wise, Epic Center is at the top. He's got hundred and sixty four points. He's made, on uh, non-restricted stakes earnings, $940,000. On career earnings, he's uh, made $1.1 one, $1. 1 million. So, you know, he's been running against all the big boys and all the big guns. And um, so, you know, he, he's seasoned, and he's a horse that could be, you know, you know right there. And he did all his running early. And then we have White Arbarium. Uh, he's stage, uh, by Staffy, uh, a stave by Joseph Jr. Uh, I mean, Joseph Staffy Jr., sorry about that. And uh, he, he's a great uh, he, he's a great horse in itself. Uh, he's got 112 points, 769,000 in stakes earnings and 823,000 total. So you're sitting there thinking, like, you know, this is another horse that you've got to really go back and look over his career and, and, um, how he, how he got to where he got, who he ran against and where he ran. How traveled was he? Uh, did he stay close to his, uh, his region where he was training at and, and, or did he travel a lot? Uh, that, that's a big thing right, you know, right there in itself, uh, just on that one alone. And, and so now you're looking at 112 points, 164 points for Epic Center number one, second place, 112. Big difference. So that shows you Epic Center. Was running in races that were given big derby points. So he, he was tough there. And then you come down to Tiz Bomb. Uh, Tiz bomb has got 110 points in, um, derby points. He's, uh, trained by Kenny, uh, Kenny McPeat. Uh, he's made a million, uh, a million, uh, dollars roughly, um, in restricted stakes earnings. In career earnings, he's made a million. So that's telling you right there that Tiz de Bomb has made most of his money running in stake races. So that adds a whole other thing to uh you know to look at at the top three. Um you got Epic Center that's made a lot of money, got 164 points, ran in a lot of tough races. Wider Brario is on his way up, he's climbing on his way up by starting to run in big stakes races. And then you got Tiz de Bomb down at third that's got a million dollars in in most of his money. And, in fact all his money pretty much come out of stakeries. So, you know, you're kinda of sitting there scratching your head thinking like, Wow, that's tough. Uh, then we had a new uh a new uh, horse on the on the uh, scene, uh had Cyberknife uh Cyberknife, um, which is a an ice horse. He's got a hundred points. Uh, he's got seven hundred and fifty two thousand in restricted stakes and he's got eight hundred and six eight hundred and sixty thousand total uh in his career. So he's sitting there, you know, he's just you know, he, he's on his way up. Um, you know, we're looking at another horse, a simplification. Uh he was he he's a nice horse. you know, he's on his way up. Classic causeway, he's been up and down on the ladder. Uh, slow down Andy, we don't know where where if he's gonna slow down or if he's gonna speed up whenever you see him running. Um, you know, he hasn't really uh, stood up right. Uh Barber Road, um he's a nice horse. Uh, you know, he's good. Uh, you don't know where he's going to go. He's lightly raced. He's got 58 points. Um, you know, it's just, uh, when you start looking at all these things that are going on, uh, you, you just kind of scratch your head and think now forbidden kingdom is a horse that I like a lot. Um, he's got 50 points altogether. Uh, he's just, um, uh, he, he's a, a nice horse. Um, he's had his ups and downs. I've seen him run good, seen him run bad, seen him train good, seen him train bad. Now, uh, you know, he, he's pretty nice. Uh, we've got another Steve Ashby's horse. that has got 50 points. Morello. Uh, he seems to be on the on the swing, upswing. Um, he, he's really a, a tough horse, and uh, you, you know, I, I think he, he's the one that's flying under the radio, radar. But the horse that uh, really has uh, really impressed me over over the last. Um, uh forty five days. And and I think in, in the way he ran uh uh the other uh, last weekend, uh his name's Chargent. And this horse comes flying at the end. Um he was little green. Uh you know, he's a horse that uh, Todd Pletcher trains and I think this horse is gonna be knocking on the door uh, you know, pretty quick. Um it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, what happens with him. Uh, so you know, like like I'm saying before, uh, the road to the Derby is taking a whole different thing with uh, all these prep races. Uh, there's so many prep races that these horses uh, have to go through, and there's all different kinds of ways to get through. Uh, you know, you might you might uh, come out like an epic center and guarantee uh, you know your place in the Derby by running uh, by winning one or two uh, you know uh, big stake races. And then just kind of come back and just uh, have some races just to uh, tune him up, and tighten him up, you know, for it. And, and so uh, the the top 20 horses are going to be interesting uh, for us here uh, to see what's going on. That's like uh, I was really uh, interested in uh, the uh, races that we just had last week uh, weekend at Gulfstream. We had the Florida Derby. Um, we had a lot of the horses that we just talked about in, in in that race. Um but White Barrio he came out the winner. Uh he went by a length and a quarter. Uh he he was uh, really good. He was going a mile a mile and sixteenth, um, you know, a million dollar race and he and he got points, big points for that. Charge it ran second. Uh, you know, and gee whiz, you know, he's lightly racing, he's running second, running at him. So that tells me that he just knows what he knows what's all going on and where it's coming from, you know. So I, I was, uh, you know, excited about that. And then you got down to Simplification, which was third, and, uh, you know, Papa Cap, which was uh, a tough horse at, at, in the beginning. Uh, you know, and, but those, coming out of that, going to the Derby, you'll see White charge Chargent, Simplification, uh, and maybe Papa Cap, uh, maybe. Uh, you know, but to, uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see how they unfold. And that's what a lot of trainers are looking at now. You know, like who's going to be coming, you know, you know, at us and everything. Uh, we had the Jeff Ruby stakes, uh, which was uh, which was a good race up at Turfway, and they had Derby points in there. And Tis the Bomb, which is a horse that we just uh, you know uh, had talked about last week. Uh, he was there, and, and then pretty much from that from him back on was um, you know not. Uh, uh, and a lot, a lot of those horses won't be running in the Derby or have, even close to having Derby points. Uh, you know, they'll be running on the undercard at Churchill on Derby Day. And they're good horses, you know, but they just didn't have enough uh, points, you know, to get there. And then the Arkansas Derby. Uh, the Arkansas Derby was the one that I said, you know, this is going to um, uh, get rid of a lot of horses in here. And the horse that won it was a Cyber Knife. Uh, he, the horse went it by uh, two and three quarter lengths. Um, Barbara road. Um, he was second. And then we had the Philly secret. Oath. secret. Oath uh, was third. Uh, she ran a good race. She had a lot of, uh, uh, I wouldn't say issues, but she, she just uh, got into an area where it was going to be tough on her to, you know, to get where she was going. Uh, she, she made a good, strong, uh, you know, run at it. And everybody thought that that filly might go on to the derby like winning callers did. But, um, you know, Wayne kind of evaluated her after the race. And it says says um, he's taking dead aim on the Kentucky Oaks now with uh, Secret Oaks. Um Dreams uh, Dreams of Roses have been replaced by a blanket of lilies. And what uh, lies ahead for um, Breland Farms' brilliant filly uh, Secret Oak. Uh, she 's a nice horse trained by d Wayne lucas and i 'm telling you what that that's what they can flat out run and she 's going to run in a lot of different things uh um, you know uh, coming up here uh, over over the summer you 'll see her at saratoga uh, you'll see her at Keeneland in the fall uh, you know you 're going to see her at Churchill this spring and also you know, so, uh, you know it, it, it's uh, one of those journeys that they tried to get on they did the right things but they just didn't have the uh uh, you know, the points to get there with them, and again, like I said, it goes back to a lot of things. It goes back to the trainer to the owner, what path do you take, how do we get there? you know, and if they don't like for example, she ran good in the Derby in the Arkansas Derby, but Wayne didn't feel like it was uh you know uh, a race that uh, um, would get her you know uh, uh, a win in the Kentucky Derby. And he, she's good enough to run in the Kentucky Derby, but uh, he said it took a lot out of her. And, you know, he, he wants to rest her up, you know, a good three or four weeks, you know, before the Kentucky Oaks. And in my opinion, she'll probably be uh, an easy winner in the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, so I look forward to that. But again, that's that path, you know, that you start on for the Kentucky Derby. And if something happens along that line, like running third in the Arkansas Derby. Uh, you know, he you he say, hey, I'm going to take a different path. And, and you know, with her being a Philly, she could go to the Oaks. And with um, if it would have been a Colt, he, uh, you know, they could have taken another path and said, well, we'll go for an undercard stakes race at Churchill and get this horse ready for the uh, for the pretense, uh, you know. So, again, it's that journey that gets you there. And so now we're coming down to a lot of the guys uh, that had plans to run in the Kentucky Derby, uh they don't particularly have enough points to get into the Kentucky Derby or they want to secure their position in the point standing on the Kentucky Derby by adding a few more points to the Kentucky, uh, to their point uh total. And uh, it's uh, uh, the ninth race, it's a Toyota Bluegrass States, it's a grade one post time is at five ten PM Eastern time. Uh it's for uh, going for a million dollars and they're going a mile and an eighth on the dirt. And uh, this has always been a classic race. Not a lot of uh, Derby winners have come out of, uh, of the Bluegrass over the years uh, because it was so close, uh, you know, to the Kentucky Derby. Some trainers like to have old school five weeks, you know, uh, two there. But uh, it's going to be kind of an interesting race. Um, there, there's a lot of good horses in this in this race, and and, and they they're separated. Uh, there's a dramatic uh, difference between. Uh, three or four of them that are in here, um, and and uh, the ones that um, uh, you probably won't see in the Derby. Um, Todd Pletcher has got two in there. He's got uh, Command Performance. Uh, he's lightly raced, and we don't know well, what kind of horse he's going to um, be uh, when he comes out of. Uh, he came out of Florida to go up to Kentucky. He really looked good. He was on his toes. He got. He arrived he at. Uh, kentucky and, and was in good shape so everybody was was pleased and then todd has uh, emmanuel um yeah, he's a nice horse um kind of low on the radar uh always showed up always trained good uh, always showed that potential and we don't know if uh, uh the crowd at Church, uh, kingland is uh, for the bluegrass is going to uh, stimulate him get him excited you know to so he wants to run if he gets the part of it or if it's going to scare him to death. Um, I think he's going to run. Uh, I think he, I think he's going to be a, a tough one to beat. Um, we have, uh, Wayne Lucas has Ethereal Road, uh, lightly raced horse coming in. Um, you know, he's been in hot springs and nice horse. Uh, we have a rattling road, which came out, uh, here. Um, oh, he, he had a couple of real good races, uh, in his journey and, and he's another one that's unknown. Uh, we have Smile Happy. Smile Happy is a horse that I think uh, got a lot of hype. And, you know, he just hasn't proved to do or be uh, what they think he would uh, was going to be. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, I think that's another one. That, I, I'm not going to say overrated, but I just don't think he belongs in the, this uh, group of horses. And then we had Grantham, uh, trained by Mike Mayford. I don't know really uh, much about him. Uh, He's he's a nice horse. Um, I I just uh, would like to see him uh, run a little bit longer uh, and run a little bit uh, on the turf to see what happens with him there. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting for the Bluegrass on Saturdays. That's post time, 510 Eastern Time, and uh, it's going to be on TV. You can go to intv.org and watch it on, on on our website. And so that's going to be exciting. That's the uh, million-dollar Toyota Bluegrass offering derby points. And, um, and so I'm really happy about that. Uh, that's going to be good. And then the one that's traditional, um, that uh, a lot of people always uh, hold uh, horses that win this race in, in high regard uh, over over the thoroughbred season. Um, it's the Race 8, uh, the Wood Memorial at Aqueduct. It's a grade 2, and post-time is 4.45 p.m. Eastern time it's $750,000 going a mile and an eighth on the dirt uh again uh we've got Todd Fletcher horses uh we've got McDonagall uh which is uh was really pumped and really thought of uh highly and then he just kind of um leveled off and and so we don't know uh, how good or where he's going to be uh you know in this situation uh, uh at Aqueduct uh well no, on Saturday we have Golden Cold for, uh, for Todd Fletcher, another one lightly raced. Um, we we don't know where he's really going. Uh, he's a New York bred. Uh, we'll see, you know, how he comes out of it. And then the third horse that we have in the eight horse field at Aqueduct and the uh, Wood Memorial is Long Term uh, for Todd uh, Fletcher. He he's a nice horse. Um, he's on the up-and-coming, uh, up, up and I think you'll really see him in the winter circle a lot uh, during the summer in Saratoga and the fall. Uh, I think you'll see a lot of him, uh, but I think it'll be interesting to see. And then we have Morello, uh, Steve um uh, Morello, again, like I said before, um, you don't know uh, where he's going to show up, how he's going to run. Uh, we don't know how he traveled up there if they're going to keep him up there and then bring him back to Kentucky. There's just so many uh, that that are there that you really don't know about. And then the the, the horse that, that I think, he, he's going to upset a lot of people. Um, it's Skippy Longstockings, And uh that horse, I, I tell you, he's got, I think he's got one big race in him, and I don't know if it's going to be in the Derby, the Wood Memorial, or the Preakness. but uh, this horse is certainly going to be a, a um, uh, upset uh, winner uh, somewhere along the line. He's he's going to catch up with somebody. It might be in the Haskell up at Monmouth Park uh, this summer. Could be in the Travers at Saratoga uh, in August. So, you know that that's uh, something that we have to look at there. And, and so, you know, I'm I'm just you know just trying to figure all this out. And, and you know, I'm going back over where. Uh, all the trainers have gone, how they've gotten their horses there, and, and, and it's just quite a, quite a, uh, there, there's not a, a real direction or point towards them. There's no consistency, um, in the trainers this year that, uh, the journey that they're on. Uh, you know, you, you see a horse like say, for example, uh, the bluegrass, you know, why are you going to the bluegrass? Cause it's going to be, you know, a, a pretty good sized field. Um, you know, to get your horse through and, and, uh, you know, I said, well, you know, you're going to run against the top, top horses that are there. And, uh, you know, so that's what you look at. And then, and then you turn around and you look at all the West Coast races this year. Um, uh, Bob Bafford, uh, which is, uh, he's serving his suspension from Kentucky and all the different states for the next 90 days. So. Uh, you know, that took him out of the picture. But this is one thing that was interesting about the road to the Kentucky Derby coming through California. A lot of their races were very uh, light in participants, uh, very, very light. And so I looked on the card for Saturday at Santa Anita, and they got a lot of horses that are just uh, fields that are just, you know, five, six horse, seven, eight horse fields. And so the Santa Anita Derby comes up, and I'm sitting here looking. Happy Jack was a big horse at the beginning of the season, um, which was really good uh, for Doug O'Neill. Uh, we're going to see what kind of horse he is. If he runs big, then he might be he might be a horse to really consider in the Kentucky Derby. If he runs big on Saturday, and uh, the post time there is uh, 2:30 uh, p.m. Uh, Pacific time, which is uh, 5:30. Uh, our time so we got the wood memorial the bluegrass and the santa Anita derby all going off about the same time um, they'll be televised of course and then intv.org we'll have them uh, live uh you know with those uh times that we just talked about um now we're looking uh like i said at santa Anita derby it's a six horse field it's a six horse field seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars You know, and I sat here thinking like, well, gee, Liz, you got derby points coming out of this deal. Um, you know, (laughs) I said, how, 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 it doesn't get any better than this. Um, the, the winner gets $450,000, uh, plus, uh, $100, 100 derby points. Second place gets $150,000, uh, and then they get derby points for second, 90,000 to third, uh, or 90,000, uh, or 45,000, I mean, the third place. Uh, and you know, it's, just, you make money. Uh, you know, you, you make 15,000 just for, uh, running fifth. So one horse ain't going to make any money in this race. But, um, you know, like I said, it's a very light field. Uh, they're carrying 124 pounds, which, uh, in, in the Derby, they carry 126. Uh, and the bluegrass, uh, It's carrying 118 pounds. And then, uh, you know, we're looking at the wood memorials carrying 123 pounds. So really, when you look at it, uh, you know, the the bluegrass has got the less weight, but you're going to have to add eight more pounds to it when it comes around to derby time, you know, uh, four weeks away. And that's a lot of weight to add to a horse in running in stiff competition. That's a lot of weight to add, you know, to that. And now you're looking at Santa Anita, um, where you're going uh, a mile and an eight, and you're looking at this guy's carrying 124 pounds. It's what they're carrying. You're looking at a six horse field, and you're saying, like, scratching your head, saying, "Well, gee, Liz, you know, That that that's where you know that, that horse might come out of there pretty fresh and pretty you know seasoned and ready to go uh, when you look at it you know that way. And, and so now we're looking at um, Armanac. Uh, which was a Bob Baffert horse that was trained we're looking at Messier which was the Baffert horse trained in in um three of those horses are Bob Baffert horses and we don't know uh you know how they're going to run i'm sure they're going to run to you know the Bob Baffert form uh, even though they're under a new trainer um, you know he just recently got the horses in the last you know few few weeks And so you can't really hardly mess those guys up going into, you know, to a derby like that. And you literally could see these horses run one, two, three. And that that would be kind of like a a tribute to Bob Baffert if they go one, two, three uh, in a big, you know, Kentucky Derby prep race, uh, you know, from there. But um, like I said, you know, we, we really don't know. And that's another thing that comes along on the road to the derby. You know, Bob, you know how good a derby winner he is, how good he trains. You know, he won. he's won them all, done a triple crown, done a whole nine yards and everything. And so now, uh, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, well, you know, if this new guy gets them. Uh, it might be a godsend to the new trainer, and and uh, I mean, he might not have otherwise been in the derby um, with the horses that he had, but he's had horses that have been turned over to him that might get him in the derby. So uh, that that's something that, you you know, the owners really don't anticipate. Um, you know, you got one of the best trainers in the world, Bob Baffert, and, and everything's looking up, looking roses, you know, for you. And then the things that he went through, and and the things that uh, have happened over the last uh, year, and everything, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, you know, that's that, that's that's almost as bad as having a horse getting hurt, you know, before the Derby. Uh, so, you know, we don't know, but they still got a shot at running in the Derby, you know, for them. So, you know, you look at that, but again, it goes back to, you know, what you're looking at is you're looking at the owner, you're looking at the trainer, uh, you're looking at all these different things that, uh, you know, you, that you have to put together, you know, to get your, uh, horses there. And that's how they get there. That is how they get there to the Kentucky Derby. And so, you know, having talked about all this, all this, uh, last hour about the Derby, it's going to be a great show uh, coming up, um, like I said, we got the three, uh, we got the three races coming up this weekend. Uh, then we have uh, the Lexington Stakes will be the last uh, Derby points race, and that's on April the nineteenth. And literally, uh, you won't know what that field is until you see what happens. You know, this week how many points are there because I, I I'll be honest with you, there's some some of these horses on the bottom of that uh, Derby uh, twenty. On the, on the top 20, uh, horses headed for the Derby. Some of those guys aren't going to make it. You know, that's just, that's just a fact of the matter. Uh, you know, they're just not going to make it. Um, you know, when you start getting back into like Rattle and Row, Seeker, those, she was rated number 20th. She's not going. Uh, Rich Strike, I don't think you'll see there. I don't think you'll see Papa Cap there. Um, uh, Ethereal Road for Lucas. I don't think you'll see him there. Uh, there's a lot of horses that, uh, You know, it's all going to change Saturday. Uh, Saturday, uh, everything will be reevaluated. The new Derby uh, Top 20 will come out um, on uh, probably Sunday or or Monday and give us, uh, you know, a good uh, idea who's going to be running in the Derby. And also, but that's how they get there. Uh, It's a complicated process, but yet it's simple. Uh, Every time your horse goes to the track uh, and trains, you know how it's doing. And then every time it races, you know how you're doing, and you make those decisions to go forward, or you know maybe back off and and take a lesser race, and you know the things that you uh, uh, need to do. And, and you really don't want to run a horse in the Derby if he can't win it. You know, I, it's all nice to get caught up in the hoopla and and uh, you know the tradition and my old Kentucky home and you know things of that nature. Um, and that, that's easy to get, you know, get into that, get that derby fever, they call it, and all. But uh, to be honest with you, uh, there I, I would say probably uh, only eight or nine of those horses going into, to the Kentucky Derby every year have a legitimate shot at winning it. Uh, you know, and we don't know that because we're not around those horses every day. But, you know, that, that's the honest to God truth about it. Um, a lot of those horses shouldn't even be there. But, you know, it's springtime, and you're getting the derby fever. we got the three-day Rolex coming up in Lexington uh, for the show horse uh, people. We've got the polo coming up in Lexington. Um, we've got uh, all the different things that are coming up. We've got the sales coming up at OBS uh, uh, coming up here this month. Uh, uh, there's just so many things going. we got all the different um, uh, springtime events for the horse industry. And it doesn't matter whether you're a racehorse a uh, man, 3rd man, standard-brand man, show-horse man, sail man. Uh, it doesn't matter. Just get get out there and see these uh things. Like I said, up well Wellington, Saturday night, 630, gates open, free admission. It's the last Saturday night lights. And I tell you what, it's going to be a show. And it's all free. It is all free. And we're getting towards the end of the show here. Well, I can rattle on. Gee whiz, no wonder why my mom kept. Tell me, hush up, hush up. And so that's what I'm going to do. Um, thanks for joining us on the International Equine uh, Report. I look for you next Thursday. Next Thursday, I will actually give you my predictions on the top five finishers in the Kentucky Derby. That's next Thursday, Thursday on International Equine Report. I will give you my top five finishers, and that's what we'll go from. And then I've got a lot of other things that um, I'm going to tell you about on uh, Thursday that that can make your Derby week uh, uh, more exciting and how, no matter where you live at, uh, you can participate in the Kentucky Derby and uh, build up to that big Derby day party that you can have at your house and everything. So this is Scott Miller signing off for the Kentucky uh, Derby edition. Uh, We will talk to you next Thursday on how they get there. Um, on the International Equality Report